call-ups and having to change plans constantly, that just weighs on you. It's, I feel like at the end of the day, it makes your relationship so much stronger and it's so unique at the same time. And it's something we're so proud of. And it's nice to, you know, look back and be like, oh, we did that. And, you know, here we are now and, you know, with our, our family and it's just something to be cherished. I feel like even though, you know, like I said, I lived at home, I feel like it's a, it was nice to feel independent and being able to accomplish you know, what I wanted to sort of in my career early on. But there was actually a few times where he, I actually, I think I was visiting him in Wheeling and I had just gotten there and he, we, he had a game, we went out for dinner and he got a phone call. He was mm, getting called I already up. know where this is going. Yep. <laughs> I was on my break from school and um, I was supposed to be there for about a week. We were, I was thinking I was there for like 12 hours. That's and so disappointing. Was, we were just, oh, I was so depressed. I just remember like crying. <laughs> it was awful. You're listening to Breaking the Ice, a podcast and community created for wives and girlfriends of professional hockey players, but since has turned into so much more. Stories shared by women around the globe who come together for a sense of connection and community. You may be in the sports industry, a hockey parent, an athlete, or a person who just enjoys podcasts, but I can promise you, you'll be inspired by these women every single day while we evolve through the tips, tricks, do's, and don'ts for all things hockey. And guess what? So much more. For women, by women, but especially for a hockey community. So lace them up and tune in for a new episode every Wednesday. Thanks for listening. Good morning. Happy Wednesday. Welcome back to the podcast. Guys, I am not a podcast studio producer and some days my audio just wants to give me like some sort of hard time. I don't know what's going on, but it's my computer's being super weird and even when I recorded this episode, it sounded like I was talking like this on my microphone. And so when I listen to it back, I sound so much louder, even though it, I like it's, that's never actually happened. So I had to go back and I had to edit the sound and make my sound quieter because I literally sound like Shrek on the recording. So I'm sorry if I blow your eardrums out on this recording, but I tried to edit it as best as I could. Yeah, hopefully you guys won't have to turn your volume up and down because of me. Learning lesson to check that again before, because that's never happened before. I was just talking to Brittany last week about how we have to do all of these things to get into the games you know, all the booster shots, the PCR, the masks. And I was just like, this is like too much effort for me. So yeah, um, they just lifted the PCR aspect of it. So I am going to go to the game tonight. I'm recording this on a Tuesday. This episode comes out on Wednesday. It's time. It's time to take my son to a game. So I think we're just going to go early. We're going to go for warmups and I'll try to stay as long as I can. I'm also just going to kind of shift his naps to a little bit later today so we can last a little bit longer but that will be fun to get out of the house and go watch my husband play because it's been a minute and he's been injured too so I've just been <laughs> at home. Today on the podcast I have Jen Army joining me and Jen's husband Derek is the head coach of the Wheeling Nailers in the ECHL. 
Jen is super sweet. We talked about pretty much all of the unknowns of the hockey world. So her and her husband did long distance for nine years. Nine years. Just let that soak in. Gosh, I feel like I couldn't even get through two years. And I can't imagine tacking on seven more. So props to you, Jen. You're amazing for doing that and hanging in there throughout that time. We talk about what it's like when you are a homebody in this lifestyle. We both are homebodies. And so we connected on that for sure. And just, you know, being in your comfort zone, your home being your sanctuary, and then just kind of moving all over the U.S., all over the world, wherever hockey brings you. And really just stepping outside of your comfort zone. Her and her husband have a 16-month-old son And now they are navigating kind of this new chapter of the hockey world. So we chat about long road trips in the ECHL. Side note, if you don't know, they can be up to two weeks long because they bus everywhere. And how long road trips in the hockey world are just kind of survival mode for moms. Like I speak about how I was a little bit naive to just how much moms do in in real life, in life outside of hockey, and especially life in hockey, we really don't give ourselves, you know, as much credit as we deserve because it's a lot. And I think it becomes kind of our normal and what it's what we know, right? Because usually like when we're having kids, we're in this hockey world. So it's kind of all we're used to and all we know, but we really do so much. And I think a lot more people have a lot more support in the real world. So Um, If you are in this hockey world and you were a mom, give yourself a glass of wine maybe and a big hug because you are doing a great job for anyone that needed to hear that today. We also chat about how, you know, days off for the guys aren't necessarily days off for the moms and how sometimes that's a little bit tough, especially after those long road trips, which we completely understand. A lot of these times they're bussing back at like three in the morning, they get in late, they need to sleep in. But then there's the other side of it where we've been kind of at home with all their responsibilities for several days on ends, maybe with pets and kids and it's a lot. And so those days off, you know, it's kind of like you would maybe feel that that's kind of time to get some help, but they're also so exhausted and for me, like I, I want my husband to get sleep because I know he can be more present when he does. But I'm also like, I'd love to just kind of step out and go get a coffee this morning. But we just chat about how, you know, I feel like we don't really talk about that very much. And I don't know if it's because people feel maybe guilty that they feel that way. But um, I mean, I certainly do. And I think that's normal. And again, it's kind of one of those things in this lifestyle that people just think is normal, I guess. But, you know, most people living the real life, like don't have their significant others, like coming through the door at three in the morning and then sleeping in late. And then after being gone for several days, maybe weeks at a time. So we talk about the call-ups and the send downs and long distance. We talk about transitioning into coaching and it was really just a good authentic conversation. But at the end of the day, as Jen reflects back, which sparks me to reflect back, we can both say that, you know, all of these unknowns really make your relationship a lot stronger, which when you're actually going through it at the time, I think it's very testing and it makes you very frustrated and 
you, you can't always see that when you're going through it. Like I did not see that when I was going through it. I was like, I do not know if I can do this. This is like a lot to ask of someone that's never experienced anything like this. But obviously looking back, like it's all worth it if you're with the right person. So yeah, this was just a really good conversation. And um, I think you're really going to enjoy and relate to this, especially if you've been you know, through the ringer with hockey and the trades and the up downs and the long distance and all of that stuff. And we chat about life after hockey and also kind of cool, but, um, her husband's dad is the head coach of the Iowa wild. So they are one big hockey family and she's able to connect with her mother-in-law a lot because her mother-in-law has been in this lifestyle for a really long time as well. So she's able to pass on some words of wisdom as Jen navigates this new role as a coach's wife. I'm excited for you guys to listen. I hope you have a great week. I hope you're hanging in there. I know a lot of people are in kind of a lull right now, but we are in the home stretch of the season pretty much. So hang in there, make the best of it, and look forward to that off season. So my husband, Derek, and I met when we were 17. So that was about 13 years ago now. Um, We went to high schools in the same city, which was Providence, Rhode Island. And I lived in Rhode Island my whole life. We didn't do any moving. I lived in the same house for 25 years. And, you know, when I met Derek, I found out that he'd been moving around since he was born because his dad's also a hockey coach. Um, So right off the jump, I was pretty much blown away by how different our lifestyles were growing up. (laughs) Yes, very. Um, Yes. So he actually played on the same baseball team as my brother and my dad was their coach. So I would go to the games and we exchanged some smiles. I got some winks. (laughs) So and then kind of the rest is history from there, to be honest. We started dating that summer and right before I went off to college, which was, you know, perfect timing, (laughs) of course. And he started his uh, post-grad year uh, at Gunnery, the year that I started school. And we were long distant all through college and, you know, lots of ups and downs, roller coaster ride. Um, I would come home to see him a lot um because you know when I would come to visit him I would I could also go home so that was that was nice to do that um so I got to see a lot of his games and then when I graduated college I moved back home actually because I got a teaching job at the school that I used to go to so that worked out and when Derek graduated um that year after or his senior spring he actually signed with the Wheeling Nailers which is who he coaches for now and that's really where his pro career took off and I lived at home uh, and I you know saved money I was able to teach and I ended up getting my master's in literacy um, at Providence College and we just did the long distance and Derek played and that's where he was all over the place, ECHL, the AHL. Um, and I made as many visits as I could. There were a lot of, you know, plans changing last minute, you know, night before I get the call, oh, I'm going up or I'm going down. Yep. And okay, well, <laughs> gonna have to switch that up. Um, I remember one time in my uh, little tangent, I remember one time in my planner, I had written either going to visit Derek in Wheeling or Ontario, California, and ended up being neither of those. So <laughs> essentially um, our life and, you know, it was hard, but 
I was the girl who would come in on a Friday night and have to leave on a Sunday unless I took the day off. And I always was a little bit jealous of, you know, the girls that could stay there and whatnot. But, you know, looking back, I'm definitely happy as hard as it was doing long distance. I'm definitely happy that I was able to teach and sort of just let him live out the dream. Um, And then in January of 2017, he was on um, his all-star break and he proposed then. And then in June of 2018, we got married and we moved in together for the first time. And that was actually the year leading up to our wedding was he had signed with the Milwaukee Admirals in the AHL. And um, I was, I remember thinking, oh, like, this is going to be great. You're going to be in one place. And actually ended up being the hardest year because he was all over the place. And I just remember thinking, okay, well, I'm just going to have to put my visits on pause, plan the wedding with my mom, text you, call you, be like, how does this sound? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, um, yeah, I was like, okay, well, at least I know I'm seeing you on June 30th. So, <laughs> Yeah, and if you missed that, <laughs> we're going to have some problems. <laughs> yeah, and he had kind of known that that was going to be his last year playing because, you know, we were going to get married. He wanted to, you know, we wanted to start a family. And that uh, the spring or like the month before our wedding, I just remember saying to him, I want, you know, I don't want to be exchanging vows in the back of my head saying, I wonder if I'm going to be able to keep my job. I wonder where we're going to be living. I wonder what you're going to be doing. I didn't want any unknowns. So I was just like, can we please decide this before the wedding day? So (laughs) he, um, he decided that he was going to retire and start coaching then. And, um, we, it was for the Worcester Railers and the ECHL. So it was actually kind of nice because I was able to keep my job. I was still around my family and our friends So yeah. And then we ended up, um, sorry, I know this is kind of a long outline. No, that's okay. I'm (laughs) loving it. Keep going. (laughs) And then, um, yeah, so we had actually been, it was long distance for about nine years leading up to the wedding. And then that next year we got, wait, did you say nine years, nine years? Mm -hmm. Oh my gosh. You are like the real MVP of long distance. That is a long time. It was a long time. It was, it was a lot. And, um, and I know we can talk about long distance a little bit later, but yeah, it was, it was a lot, but, um, so yeah, we did that. And then we ended up getting our dog puck and then, you know, following that dealing with a lot of the drama with the pandemic and so many things up in the air with coaching and what he was going to be doing, what I was going to be doing. And then the next year we had our son Boone, who's now almost 16 months old. And um, then we moved to Pennsylvania. It was my first time ever moving away from home. And he got, Derek got the job um, coaching, being the assistant coach for the um, Wheeling Nailers. And then, um, let's see, he, last spring, um, the head coach actually had to resign for personal reasons and he took over as head coach. And then this fall, we moved to Wheeling and here we are. And he's the head coach now. (laughs) Amazing. Okay. So lots to unpack. I'm excited (laughs) to talk about this all. So to backtrack to the very beginning, like, I feel like all these thoughts kept popping into my mind. Like, oh, I want to ask her about that. Oh, I want to ask her about that. So when you guys met his, so his dad is currently um, a head coach of the Iowa Wild, right? Yes. Okay. So when you met your husband, when you were 17 years old, 
did you have any idea that this life, like this hockey life was going to take you to all these places and test you probably in more ways than you can count? Absolutely not. No. Um, When we met, it was, you know, when I, I had never thought in a million years that I would be doing anything like this. You know, once we, once I really met his family, started hanging out with his family and getting a glimpse into their life, I just remember thinking, being kind of worried a little bit, like, oh gosh, you know, this is, we're going to have to move a lot. I'm going to have to be, and again, I know, I think I said this at the beginning, but I'm, I'm a homebody and I was a little bit worried about, you know, being away from my family and our friends and everything. So, but I do think that I was able to mentally prepare a little bit and that definitely helped when we finally did move our family to um, Pennsylvania last year, but no, going back to your original question, I I did not. (laughs) Yeah, I know. I always tell my husband, I'm like, I lived such a normal life before I met you. Like I lived, you know, like I grew up in San Diego my whole life Then I left for school. And then all of a sudden I'm like, uh, okay, here, I guess we live, you know? (laughs) So I I totally get that. I'm a homebody too. And I feel like it's definitely Mm -hmm. like challenge. I mean, I still am. I think like, I like to be at home and obviously during the season, Mm -hmm. you kind of make where you're living your home, but it's kind of tough with all the uncertainty. So I definitely related to when you were talking about that. So he was playing in college, right? And then he, he went straight from college to playing professionally. And then you guys Mm -hmm. got kind of thrown into long distance because you started working right away. Yes. Okay. Yes. So I'm, I'm like learning so much. I feel like recently about teachers with, um, just the maternity, you know, like the, how much time you get off for maternity, which makes me really mad, but oh my gosh, I can't even get into it. <laughs> I, I know. I feel like, we, like it's, it's shocking. And I honestly, I had oh. no idea about this, not to get on a total side tangent. I really had oh. no clue that like, they literally don't get any, You guys don't get any time off. Oh, it's really bad. I, I mean, I feel like just in general in the U S it's, it's a pretty, it's a pretty rough and, um, very unfair. So basically you have to save all of your sick days to take any maternity leave. So this just got me thinking back to when you were saying with all the uncertainties with the up down and how fun that is, you probably are like saving these days for these trips. And then, Oh yeah. Yeah. Like, what was that like? Was that so frustrating? Well, yeah, because you know, because you have to do so much planning. And, and the thing with teaching too is, you know, everyone's like, oh, you got summers off. Oh, you have the vacations, but you really only get that allotted time. And it's really, really difficult, especially with subbing and everything to get people to come take over your class. So I had to, you know, really plan, um, you know, if I thought I was going to go see him, um, it really, I really couldn't take too many days off. So I had to just take advantage of the vacation and, you know, also, you know, toward the end of when he was going to retire, you know, thinking about getting married and starting a family thinking, you know, what, what, what would it look like with the maternal leave here or really Mm -hmm. anywhere that I go? Um, Because I didn't know if, again, I was going to be staying at my school or if I was going to be going somewhere else. Um, But yeah, I mean, it was definitely stressful. And (laughs) I actually, me and one of my other teacher friends and a couple other people at the school, we started 
a, I don't know if you want to say petition, but <laughs> we wrote a letter to okay. our head of school about the maternal leave and how it needs to be changed. And um, good for you. Yeah, we, we were like, we have to do something. So I actually just found out that they're sort of restarting the conversation again at the school now, which is exciting for the people that are there. But unfortunately, we didn't get to get too much done. But at least we, you know, at least we did something. <laughs> yeah, I just I can't believe that it's really it's it's so sad because I think, you know, I your son is 16 months old now, right? Okay. Yeah. Cause like I have a 14 month old and just like going back to those early days, I can't even imagine feeling like I have no control over when I'm able to, you know, that's so fast. Like if you, especially in COVID times too, because you, you can't like, you have to use those as your sick days. So it's like, what if you have to be out for two weeks because of COVID and then that's takes out of your maternity line, maternity. uh, Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, and I just, it was crazy thinking about, you know, okay, well, if I'm off for a few days, I just remember trying to plan it and being like, okay, I'm going to work right up until I give birth because then I can use, I can maximize my time. And I just remember thinking like, no, I don't, I don't want to do that. That's, you know, that's not fair. So in my head, I was like, okay, I'm going to take the week. My, my son was five weeks early. So none of this even matters. (laughs) Oh gosh. Yeah. But, um, I remember thinking, okay, I'm going to try to take a week off beforehand. Um, that way, you know, I can get my, my body settled because I mean, I just felt so much pressure from the school and the system to work right up until, and I'm like, I don't want my water to break in front of my students. I I need some time, but just that I even had to think about that, you know, like no one should have to, and I know that people do and it's, it's just happens, but I just feel like there's so much more pressure in, you know, schools and even the U S to, for moms. And it just shouldn't be like that. But so did your son have to go to the NICU? He did not actually. Oh, um, amazing. He was okay. Very close. Yeah. He was really close. His, um, they had to monitor his, his, um, blood sugar levels, but he didn't actually. And it was, it was crazy. It was wild. Okay. Well, thank God for that. But I, I was I thinking too, I'm like, okay, well, so that's another thing. It's like, if you're child goes to the NICU with you and again not to get on some tangent about this but I've been learning so much lately about it and it's like then what like so you have to go home and your kid could potentially be in the NICU for a couple of weeks and then that just tax off of your time and then I mean it's it's so it's not right and I hope that they begin to change this because it's crazy and I mean I feel like the, the, the normal maternity leave is around three months or so I was, I mean, I didn't, but I was, I would not be ready to go back to work after three months. Like your body is no. just like a year for your body to recover. I mean, that's just inhumane. <laughs> totally. Totally. I know. I mean, uh, I think like even, I don't know. I mean, I feel like really fortunate just because being in Europe, I think I'm having kind of a new perspective about it because we've kind of been talking about just like baby number two and like retirement. And I'm thinking, wow, I'm really kind of taking for granted this time that I'm able to, you know, actually be home with my child for this long because so many people back home, like don't have that. So when you had your son, were you able, like, how long did you get off for? So actually when we had him, I, um, I didn't go back because, um, so he was born in September and it was actually during, it was 2020. So Derek's season started 
in early December. So he had to be back for November. So I guess that's kind of a little bit of a COVID blessing that he yeah. was home. Mm-hmm. Um, because I mean, when is a, a, when can a hockey player or coach or anybody be available in September for, yeah. know, for a September birth? That does not happen. So for <laughs> us, for us, that worked out. But my plan was always to, you know, once Boone was born, just to, um, I wasn't going back and we were moving. So I knew that, you know, I was, I was done. So in that way, it was a little bit of peace of mind um, that I didn't really have to finagle those days or anything like that. Yeah. Well, to backtrack even more off that. So you were obviously teaching and he was playing hockey and you wound up making the decision to kind of put your career on pause and then join him with his dream. So will you tell me a little bit about like what that transition was like for you? Yeah, for sure. Um, so kind of like I had mentioned before, right from the beginning, um, I knew sort of what our life would look like just because Derek had always known he wanted to coach after playing just like his dad did. So I had sort of in my head always known, okay, well, you know, there's a chance that at some point I'm going to have to sort of put this on hold. Um, and I had, I mean, I had always known I wanted to be a teacher and I think a little bit, um, in my head, I was like, okay, well, there's schools everywhere. You know, there's always students that are going to need learning. So in that way, my job is a little bit more flexible. Um, and I, I feel like, especially now with all of, you know, this virtual and remote learning going mm-hmm. on, um, I was actually doing some virtual tutoring, And so, you know, that was sort of a good way to just keep my teacher brain going and to sort of keep me mentally sane on some days. And Um, what grade do you teach? So I'm more like a K to two. Okay. Yeah. So the little ones, but, um, yeah, (laughs) yeah. So, but you know, it was, it was definitely bittersweet. I mean, I think, I think just in our situation in general, because, you know, I was teaching little kids coaching high school soccer during a pandemic while I was 33 weeks pregnant. So part of me was like, it just in this situation, I felt kind of lucky to be pulled out of that. So I could just be home safe with my baby for, you know, an extended period of time. Like I was so excited to just have this next chapter and, you know, move away and start this new adventure for us. Um, so I think that you know, I mean, it's definitely, it's definitely bittersweet because I'll have, you know, I'll have moments where even now I'll, I'll look at the clock and I'll think, oh, you know, I would be teaching math right now, or, oh, I bet the students are running around during their post, their post-lunch recess, you know, things like that. It's just sometimes can kind of get to me. Um, and I feel like at the end of the day, just sort of telling myself, okay, we're, we're, we are where we're meant to be right now. And I'm doing what I'm meant to be doing kind of gives me that peace of mind. Um, and I think, you know, doing, um, taking care of our son, um, is again, like to me, the most important job. Um, and I just feel kind of like how you were saying, I just feel so lucky to be able, especially at a time right now to just be home with him and knowing that I'm, kind of like, I don't want to say backbone, but kind of, you know, I'm behind the scenes, you know, taking care of our son, our dog, our house, and making sure everything's running smoothly to support my husband doing something, you know, at the end of the day is pretty cool. Um, And again, kind of gives me that 
peace of mind, but also makes me feel like, okay, you know, I, I gave up teaching for the time being, but I'm doing this and I'm going to do my best at it. And, um, you know, getting that, I guess, feeling really seen from him and getting that daily appreciation from him also makes things a lot easier for me. Like, you know, I know this is hard. I know you moved away from your family for the first time. You know, it's during COVID, your first time mom. Um, you know, we have those conversations a lot because there's a, <laughs> there's a lot of mental breakdowns that can happen as I'm sure, you know, you know. And, yes. um, <laughs> but, you know, I think all of that's kind of going around in circles, but I think kind of all of that, together definitely I don't know helps me think about you know being out of teaching and you know for right now it is temporary um the plan is to go back to work but I I had sort of always known even too that I had wanted to be a stay-at-home mom for a little while um my mom was a stay-at-home mom um with me and my brother and when he was born she stopped working and you know she loved work she was very successful at her job so watching my mom work so hard and you know, growing up and having her with us all the time is something that, you know, I kind of wanted to give um, our children as well, at least in their early years. So also makes it a little bit easier for me thinking about, you know, not being, not teaching right now. Um, And just give her, giving her so much more, more credit now, because being obviously, you know, being a mom is one of the most underrated and hardest jobs ever. <laughs> oh, totally. Like you, it's so oh. funny. Cause you look like just now that you, like when you become a mom, you look at all the other moms around you and you're like, mm-hmm. man, I had no idea of yeah. just the amount of, I don't know, just like how hard it is to even like get out the door some days with your kid. Oh. It takes like over an hour sometimes to just oh. you know, do all oh, of that. Yeah. percent. Yeah. It's, it's, it is funny though, because I think I was a little bit naive to everything that moms did. And even in the hockey world, I'm like, I just didn't realize like how busy kids are and like how much is on mom's plate too in the hockey world. Because, you know, as you know, like the guys are away a lot, especially in the ECHL, very long road trips, buses, and all of that. Sometimes those road trips are like two weeks long. How do you deal with that as a mom? Because that's a long time. Oh my gosh, the road trips, they are. <laughs> right. It's just always nice to have a glass of wine at the end of the day when babe's asleep. That's always nice. Yes. Um, you're I like, mean, here, when they get back, you're probably like, here you go. Yeah, here <laughs> I'm you going. Go. I, yeah. It's so funny because I remember my mother in law telling me that, um, you know, she has been a great, um, well, we're very close, but just sort of a great resource because, you know, I'm, I'm kind of following in her footsteps. That's like, right. Yeah. So she, I remember her telling me, just, just, you know, when Derek comes home from road trips after, you know, a long couple of days, you hand Boone over and you say, here you go. I need to get out of the house. Even if it's just to go drive around, to go pick up food for a little bit, like just something. Um, and yeah, I mean, it's so funny. Cause he had, cause like road trips are definitely tough. And I feel like it's just survival mode. Um, you know, you just put your head down, you just do what you have to do. You have to put everything else aside and say, okay, I have all this stuff I have to do, but it's realistic that I'm not going to get it done. Take care of the baby, do what you have to do, get Mm -hmm. them, you know, napping to sleep and then take some time for yourself at the end of the day um, to keep yourself sane. And luckily, um, because um, my mom is, you know, retired at this point, she's able to come out sometimes too. And my mother-in-law, her schedule can be flexible so she can come out and visit too. Um, So sometimes that, that helps. But um, yeah, 
definitely alone a ton. And um, even when he's not away, to be honest, like he had home games Friday, Saturday, and Sunday this weekend. And, you know, today's a day, today's a day off, but I, I mean, I almost is it really a day off for you? (laughs) It never is a day off ever, but it's just so funny. Cause I remember last night when he got home, like he got some takeout and I was like, Oh my God. Like, I feel bad saying, oh, thank God, like, thank God you have a day off tomorrow. But like, I know you must be so tired, but oh my gosh, I've been like single parenting for 72 straight hours. I know it is kind of like an, I feel like people don't really talk about that, but it is really hard. Like just as a spouse, like I'll completely relate and speak for myself with this, but like, it's, it's hard. Like I always joke, obviously the days off are going to come after a game. Like I get that. Like, you know, they need to recover. I understand, but it's like, gosh, if only we can just get a day off in the middle of the week where they're like fully just recovered and normal and like just getting a casual day off because for the significant others, like, especially if they're like busing back and they get back at like three in the morning, like they're not going to jump up and get up with the kid, but you've been getting up with the kid for the last maybe two weeks. You know what I mean? So it's like, in our head, it's like, oh, relief. But then it's like, they sleep until like, you know, mid morning or whatever it is for. Yep. And and then it's like, it's hard not to get into like, I mean, you just, again, kind of have to go through the motions and just like take advantage of the summertime. Obviously for me, sometimes I just feel like, uh, you know, I, I was, I really need a break right now. And I feel like I can't exactly get it. No, it's so true. And it's so nice hearing you say that because again, like I love this community because I feel like we're so not alone, but we all feel the same things. And even, you know, like this morning, like I wanted him, that's the thing. And it's like, I want him to sleep. I want him to get rested. Because, yes. You know, I want him to be sharp for work and everything, but it's just so hard. It took everything in me not to go like run in and wake him up and be like, okay, I need you to watch Boone so that I could go do all the things that I Yeah. Need. Exactly. Exactly. I know. Oh, I know. Wow. Yeah. Thank you for saying that. Cause it is, it, it is true. And I feel like it, I just feel like it, it, everyone feels that way, but it's just, I don't know if it's like, you feel guilty for thinking that, but yeah, like I feel like when they, when they don't get sleep too, it's like, they can't be as present as like a dad or a partner. So I'm like, please get all the sleep you need, but then come out and just like, let me go, go somewhere. <laughs> Exactly. No, it's so true. It's so true. I, we have to stick together in that way because, you know, it's, it's such a normal way to feel. Yes. And um, it's like, it's okay to feel that way. And, you know, kind of is what it is. And we just, we just kind of got to keep grinding. <laughs> yes, absolutely. And I think that's super oh. sweet that you're, you and your mother-in-law have that connection. I'm sure that's like mm-hmm. super cool for her to kind of, you know, give you advice and tips yeah. and stuff like looking back and being like, you know, cause she's been probably doing this for how many years? Oh, tw- 30, 35, 35 wow. years. I think she told me recently. Yep. Wow. That is, yeah. that's a long, can you, well, that's probably your future to be honest, because uh, <laughs> I was going to say, can you imagine being in this lifestyle for this long? But like, if that's actually what's going to happen to you. So I'm sorry. <laughs> oh no, it's, it's fine. I mean, it's funny. Cause yesterday, um, last night I was sitting with, um, and again, that's also what helps me get through, you know, just everything and, you know, road trips and whatnot. It's nice having girls in town and yeah. um, girls that are here. Um, but I, I was sitting with a few of the girls at the game last night and um, it was, it was like such a close game and it was just, I was so stressed and I was like, oh my gosh, I feel like I'm getting gray hairs already. And we're so early on in this life. Like what am I going to do? <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh, that's man. so funny. But, 
Well, you'll you'll meet so many amazing people like throughout this journey because you're going to be in it for a long time. And Mm -hmm. I feel like just the connections that you're going to make are going to be so great. And, you know, I think like, is it a goal of his to kind of work his way all the way up to like coaching in the NHL? Yes. That's definitely a goal of his. Yeah. That's super cool. So I feel like, yeah, I I mean, the road trips are long, but you know, the journey is definitely going to be worth it. But also that's not to say you're not allowed to like complain and have hard days. So when you guys were long distance, did you have any like specific experiences or anything that you can remember that were particularly challenging for you guys? I had, um, written in my plan. And I just remember that, that one time about, you know, going like maybe here, maybe here. Oh, just kidding. Neither. And I can't mm-hmm. go there because it's too last minute to change my plate. So I remember that was a, that was a tough one. Um, I mean, I feel like, you know, first of all, just generally speaking, you know, the call-ups and having to change plans constantly. Um, I just, you know, that just weighs on you. It's crazy. Um, but at the, I feel like at the end of the day, it makes your relationship so much stronger and it's so unique at the same time. And it's something we're so proud of. And it's nice to, you know, look back and be like, oh, we did that. And, you know, here we are now and, you know, with our, our family and um, it's just something to be cherished. And I feel like even though, you know, like I said, I lived at home, I feel like it's a, it was nice to feel independent and being able to accomplish, you know, what I wanted to sort of in my career early on while he did his thing. So again, I'm, you know, thankful for it in that way. Um, but I remember there's, there was actually a few times where he, I actually, I think I was visiting him in Wheeling and I had just gotten there. Yeah. There were two separate times I had just gotten there and he, we he had a game. We went out for dinner and he got a phone call. He was mm, getting called I already out. know where this is going. Yep. So, <laughs> yep. So that trip got, I remember I was supposed to be there for, I think the first time I was supposed to be there for like a weekend. Uh, I was on my break from school and um, I was supposed to be there for about a week. And we were, I was thinking I was there for like 12 hours. That's and he so got a disappointing. Phone call. He, was, he was going to um, Tucson. And we were just, oh, I was so depressed. I just remember like crying. <laughs> it was awful. And, you know, leaving him at the airport, just so many tears on airplanes, way too many tears on airplanes. Mm, I know. <laughs> um, that actually it, happened to me too. Like, because when um, Charlie was doing the up down that, you know, fun business, we were long distance too at the time. And I just remember looking back, like, you're so right that it makes you stronger because I think that's like partly gotten us to where we are today looking mm-hmm. back. But at that time, like in the moment, it feels just so heavy and it's so hard to handle. And yeah, I remember I was visiting him in the ECHL in Greenville. It was actually kind of a blessing because he had his phone charging for like three or four hours and we were just like enjoying each other's company, like ran out, ran some errands, came back. Like I remember we were literally building like a gingerbread house and he went back to check his phone and he came out and he was just standing in the doorway, just staring at me. And I had been there for like maybe three days at that point. And I just like looked at him and I just said, when do you have to leave? And and he was like, tomorrow at 6 a.m. Oh. <laughs> and I was supposed to, I was there for like four or five more days. Oh. And I was just like, you've got to be kidding. I was like, so upset. Like, I remember I just like, was like, I, I need, I need space. Cause like at that time I was just like, I don't know if I can do this anymore. Cause it was just, it was so hard. 
And I'm like, I need to go for a walk. And I was just like walking around the apartment complex. I just felt so overwhelmed with like my emotions because you literally are just like, I'm spending money. I'm like, Mm -hmm. this is my time. Like, this is my time off. Or like, I, like, I, I don't get to just like pick up and leave all the time. So it's so frustrating. Yep. I 100% feel that. I feel where you're coming from. Um, Yeah. And actually um, the first, so the first time he got called up, I remember I hadn't seen him in a few months and I was so excited. I was coming to visit him in Wheeling and he spent like most of his time. It was sort of like his base was Wheeling, um, which is actually kind of funny. That's where we're full full circle now, but um, he would kind of always come back here. So when he got called up, he was all over the place. But um, so when I came, I was coming, I'm getting ready to come visit him here for a weekend. And the first time he ever got called up was for the Portland Pirates who they don't exist anymore. They're the main Mariners now, but um, he got called up and actually his dad used to coach the Portland Pirates and his dad, they lived in um, Scarborough, Maine for a while. And that's actually where his parents live now. It's sort of like one of their home bases. But um, anyway, it was really exciting for them because again, it had kind of come full circle. Like Derek had been running around, he was running around that rink when he was a little kid watching his dad coach. And now his first AHL call up was going to be for that team. So it was really exciting. And I, there's one thing I regret. It's how I reacted to it because obviously these guys, you know, they want to play and they want to get to the highest level that they can. And I just remember he calling or he texted me. I was on my way to class at PC and he was like, I got called up to Portland. And I was like, oh, and again, Portland is close to Providence. It's like a three hour drive. So, but in my head, I hadn't planned to do that. I had planned to go there and spend time with him because I, I knew that I wasn't going to get to see him as much because he was going to be focused. You know, he had to stay with the team. So it was going to be different, but I was like, oh, like really? <laughs> and he got so upset with how I reacted and I'm so upset that I did, but I just remember like exactly where I was when that happened. And, um, it actually ended up working out fine. We were able to go, I, I didn't get to spend as much time with him, but that is like a big, um, part of the long distance and the whole call-up situation that I remember, but, um, it was such an exciting thing. And I was just so bummed out. And then I kind of took a step back and I was like, you know, this isn't really about the visit. This is about him getting his chance. You just got to support him and make it work. And that's exactly what I did, but it was definitely kind of a bummer at first. For sure. And I think like, that's so relatable. I mean, I like, I never thought about, I guess my reaction to the first time my husband got called up, but like, mm-hmm. you know, it's like, you're, you're kind of like, what? Like, this wasn't part of the plan, especially if you're a planner. I know. Oh, I'm such a planner. I'm so type A. So yeah. Like you, like I have like a, I have to write everything down in a planner. Like I'm not, I oh can't gosh. with like iPhone calendars. They like freak me out. I'm always scared. Oh. It's going to like drop something that's important. And like, I have to have everything written down and oh, like, yep, yep. This is like not part of what I was anticipating. And I, yeah, now that you say it, I feel like looking back, I regret the way that I reacted. Cause I think I was, I was bawling my eyes out. Like I was so dramatic. Like I was like, this cannot be happening. Like, you know, like my parents were like flying in that weekend. And I was just like, he, he was like so excited, but like, didn't want to like, sh- I mean, he's getting called up for the first time. Like, that's a huge deal. Like now that I've been in this lifestyle for so long, I can see that like eight years in, you know, but like looking back, I was not prepared. <laughs> so true 100% feel you yep like what and it's like the the worst part about the call-ups and send downs is like there's no 
there's no what's the word there's like an expression like there's no something about time um I don't know exactly but there's no like frame of reference for time like how long oh I don't know it could be two days it could be you know seven months it's crazy (laughs) and now seeing it too it's funny to see it kind of from the coach's perspective now because you know, when you're a player, you're like, oh, it's so cool to get called up. And, you know, when you have a place that you love and you're with your buddies and, you know, it's always hard to leave, but for him, it's like, and for me as the wife, I'm like, oh, like they're getting called up. Like, you know, that kind of stinks. It's your team. And, you know, you want, you want everyone there, but it's hard. Cause you have to take a step back and say, oh, well, you're doing your job. You're grooming these players and yes. you're preparing them for the next level, which is, you know, why they're here. So it's like, at the end of the day, you have to take a step back and put it in perspective, but it's so easy to be like, Ugh, the call-ups. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I feel like that's probably exciting for him as like a coach in the ECHL to like, you know, have people called up from his team. Cause it shows he's like doing something right. You know? hundred percent. Yeah, it definitely is. And it's reassuring, I think for sure. And I, this year has been crazy just, you know, with COVID because, you know, if the AHL gets COVID, then they need AHL and then they need the ECHL. So, and then Derek's just kind of like, well, what now? But so I feel like a lot of this year has been spent trying to, you know, put teams on the ice just because they have to play games. Um, but no, it, it's definitely exciting when his guys get, you know, get that chance and it's, he gets to follow them and see how they're doing. And, um, it's, it's definitely exciting for him. Yeah. So obviously he transitioned from playing to coaching and, you know, you kind of did too, like you were a player's wife, significant other, and now you're a coach's wife. So I always think this is an interesting question, but how has the dynamic switched for you as you stepped into a new role? So I think one of the biggest things is like, say, for example, I'm sitting with the girls. Um, it's, I, I'm, I'm kind of passionate when I, I mean, I'm not one of those people that like shouts, but <laughs> I sometimes like, I'll say things to myself or like, oh, like stuff like that kind of when I'm watching. And now if I'm sitting with like player significant others, I feel like I have to be so reserved because I don't want anyone to feel like, oh, I don't know. I don't want anyone to feel uncomfortable around me. And I don't want any to make anyone feel uncomfortable, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. So there's kind of like this weird boundary now, but at the same time, I, you know, I feel like there has to be a boundary. Um, You know, you're not going to like go have drinks with the players and their girlfriends or wives after the game, you know? So that, you know, that's definitely different. Um, Is that hard for you? Um. Or do you feel like you're in a totally different stage of life where you're like, it just kind of works? Yes. I feel like there's definitely both sides, both ends of the spectrum, because on one hand, you know, thinking about when Derek played, like how much fun it was on a Sunday night, like all the games are over, you know, girls are fun. Girls are in town. You know, it's a fun group. Let's go back, have some drinks and, you know, just enjoy. So part of me, like, you know, misses that. But then I'm like, you know, I'm 30 years old with a son and we did that. And I'm so glad that we did. And we had so much fun, but we're in a different stage of life and we're enjoying it in a different way now, you Mm -hmm. know? So, and that way it's hard, but it's also, you know, this is what, this is kind of the reality of the situation. So I think that, you know, in that way, it's definitely um, an adjustment, but 
you know, it's, it's a good adjustment because that's, that's how it should be kind of. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you feel like, have you been able to meet any people like any other women outside of the hockey world when you move places? Yeah, actually. Um, so when we were in kind of like toward the end, which I feel like that's kind of how it always happens. Um, I had met two moms who lived right in sort of the same cul-de-sac that we did. Um, and they had children. So it was nice. I mean, even sort of just to have, make another connection and have another contact, you know, relatively close to us. Um, so that was, that was fun to meet them. And our, I mean, people in Wheeling are, everyone is just so nice here and welcoming. And all, I mean, every, all of the neighbors have introduced themselves to us and, you know, they know we're new because this, you know, the neighborhood's been around for a little while. And so everyone always introduces themselves to us and, um, so we're able to meet people in that way, which is really nice. And actually, because when Derek played, there's still fans that go to the games now that knew Derek then. And um, no way. That's awesome. Yeah. So, and I'm not, you know, trying to say this to toot his horn or anything, but he was <laughs> definitely, a, he was definitely a fan favorite. So it was just because he is such a great, you know, personality and he's very inclusive. So people remember him and obviously now he's coaching. So they were so excited to see him back again and just to have people at the games who are excited that he's there and who are so welcoming and kind to us and you know the the nailers organization in general is just everyone is so nice you know who works for the team and even the front office you know they offer to babysit so i mean people are just very kind and they make it easy and they make it fun so that's definitely helpful All right, guys, I want to take a quick second to pause and talk about the Nashville retreat that I put together for the women in our hockey community. The retreat is May 18th to May 21st, 2022. It's a Wednesday to a Saturday, and I am so, so excited for these few days with you guys. We have 19 amazing girls signed up, and if you are new to this community or if you've been following along this entire time, this retreat is not going to be something that you're going to want to miss. We're going to have amazing meals together, workouts, group hangouts, group bonding, and also there's the flexibility to go off and do your own thing. If you want more information, send me a message and I can send you our complete itinerary included with pricing. You have the option to book a double room, a triple room, and a quadruple room. So there can be up to four people in your room or a minimum of two people in your room. So grab your hockey bestie from any hockey season that you miss and join us in Nashville for our Nashville retreat. I know like obviously a lot of pretty much everyone has, every hockey player has grown up playing hockey the majority of their lives. And I think a lot of them naturally want to go into coaching when you guys decided to make that move into retirement, was that like a quick transition? Was he able to like get a job right away or like, what did that look like for you guys? Yeah. So, um, it was, let's see, it was actually, um, luckily it was pretty, it was relatively quick. Um, cause it was like, you know, right when he was retiring, it was right before our wedding. So, and again, he had known that he wanted to stop, um, because, you know, we wanted to start the family. He, in his head, he didn't want to play and drag us around. I mean, he, that was sort of his thing. Like he wanted, and again, coaching is is still unpredictable in a way for sure, but it's a, you know, a little bit more, um, stable. So he wanted to do that. So he had, he had sort of been, you know, reaching out that whole year leading up to the wedding and kind of trying to, um, you know, use some connections and, um, 
you know, use his contacts and sort of get an idea. And um, actually the, um, he ended up coaching with a, um, his head, the head coach of the Worcester Railers, who we ended up coaching for right after playing, coached him at PC. So that was a nice, um, that was a nice connection there. And he had already known him. So again, I just feel like the hockey world is so, it's so large and so small at the same time and Mm -hmm. having those connections just helps so much. So that really, that really helped for him. So yeah, luckily he, he kind of was able to, and he had a couple things that he had a couple different, um, opportunities and this was kind of the one that he, he, this was kind of the one that he wanted to, um, do because again, it was, his and his body was just done too like he couldn't yeah he, he needed like three surgeries and he's like it was I, time I need to tap out and <laughs> I too because I always feel like you know you hear everyone you know it's again it, it's personal all the situations are different but it's like oh I was so happy when my significant other stopped playing or so happy when my husband stopped playing and for me I was I was definitely happy because just it was just way too much you know mentally emotionally everything physically for him but I loved watching him play I mean I was like I was that girl that would take my phone to parties in college and like have his game on like on my phone just like watching like I've sort of just always been that fan so for me it was definitely bittersweet when he stopped um so that made the transition I mean it made it like a little bit harder but again it was we had kind of mentally prepared to do it but um tangent going back to your question um, (laughs) no (laughs) I love it it didn't take him that long which we're we're blessed about um for sure I feel like you guys probably get asked this next question all the time it's like I feel like this is such like a nerdy like outside of like something someone would ask like outside of the hockey world (laughs) no I love it bring it on but like would he ever want to coach with his dad Oh my gosh, we actually haven't gotten that question. You haven't? Oh my gosh, no. I feel like it's one of those questions where they're like, what time are you going to be home? It's like, okay, I'm not even going to begin to explain <laughs> to you with like this answer, okay? I just, just, I'll let you know. So, actually, um, we get the question a lot about him and his brother coaching together, which is something that they kind of wanted to do. His brother played and did some coaching in prep school, but he actually is out of the coaching world now and doing some, some um, like an office job. But I think... Um, why he hasn't gotten asked that question is because his dad actually coached him at PC for his freshman year. So I think that, I mean, I guess they could, they could still do it, but I don't know if it's just um, sort of the dynamic of dad slash coach to player slash son, and then moving into that kind of like mixing business with family yeah that's you know? true <laughs> uh, I'm actually surprised I mean maybe he has gotten that question just hasn't told me I'm not sure but I don't think I have um I feel like it would be like I mean obviously I don't know their dynamic but just like your dad is your dad and I feel like it would always just be like <laughs> that's like a dad-son relationship not like a part like an equal like yes. coaching relationship you know what I mean yes yes for sure and um I don't know maybe he I, I, no, they're definitely not too far in age to coach together. I, I wonder. <laughs> I'm going to ask him that after we get off the call. Yeah. Actually, food for thought. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, that's hilarious! Well, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. It was so fun chatting with you. Oh yes, of course. Well, this was so much fun. Thank you so much for having me. <laughs>